so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. God is a holy God, and He is serious about us walking in holiness. Without holiness, no one can see the Lord. The Bible says, woe to those who isolate themselves or who don't have anyone there to pick them up when they fall down. The gospel hope is that we believe in a God who is engaged with His Son. I have had to come to terms with the fact that I live in a broken world and I live in a broken body. What if the one thing that we're praying for God to take away is the one thing He's using to make us more like Jesus. Welcome to the ERLC podcast. My name is Trillia Newbell. I am the Director of Community Outreach here, and we are doing a series called How to Handle. We want to be able to encourage the church and any listeners about how to handle hard and common situations and struggles and issues. So I'm really excited to have Kimberly Wagner on the show today. And we're going to be talking about marriage. And we're not just going to be talking about marriage in general practical ways, but we're going to think about what Things like unrepentant sin, bitterness, etc. And I think because she's been married for 36 years, she's going to have a lot to <laughs> encourage us with. So welcome, Kim. Oh, thank you, Troya. I am so glad to be here with you today. I'm glad you are here. Every time I interact with you, I um, experience grace and joy and mm. love and deep affection. You are um, a gracious gracious woman and i have i've just had such a joy interacting with you and so i'm i'm excited to have you on because i know that you are going to encourage us with the same uh, gracious affection and love that you do when you just see people and specifically me and i've just been blessed by you but for those who don't know you and haven't had the honor and pleasure to get to meet you could you tell us a little about yourself Sure. And uh, the feeling is mutual on that. And I'll have to say that I cannot take any credit for graciousness because uh, God has shown great mercy to me. I'm thankful that you're asking me to talk about marriage because uh, I have been married 36 years uh, to my favorite pastor, mm-hmm. <laughs> Leroy Wagner, and um, it has not been easy. And so just to tell you a little bit about myself, I'm a mom, I'm a grandma of six, I'm a pastor's wife, and I am an author and blogger, but my my heart and my passion is to see women really connect to the Word of God in, in such a way that they fall more and more in love with God's Word, with His truth, 
and with the Lord Jesus and and follow him passionately and and make disciples as they're doing that. But when when you mentioned as far as graciousness in my life, you know, Trillia, that is not how I would have been described early on in our marriage. Sure. I would have been described as a a hard fierce woman. And um God took me and us through a process of brokenness in our marriage and not divorce, not ever physical separation, but we were emotionally separated. And so that's one reason I'm excited to talk about this message today. Yeah. I've always found that God allows us to comfort with the comfort that we've received from Christ. And so Mm -hmm. as we go through things and as we battle he never wasted. He's never wasted yeah. any of my trials or any of the circumstances that I've found myself in. So let's just dive right in. One of the, so you were hard and you, you said that you had a season where it was difficult and emotionally, relationally, you were deta- yeah. detached. Would that be a good descriptor? Yeah. I've told people that really five years into our marriage and, and bear in mind, we both, we love the Lord. We were both, we have theology degrees. (laughs) I taught the word. He was a pastor. And yet at home, uh, we were living like roommates. Mm -hmm. And and five years into the marriage, which we we didn't start out out that way. Most people never start out in a marriage thinking that they're going to end up um, really feeling like you can't stand the person that you're sleeping in bed with. But sure. Five years into the marriage, he he looked at me one day and he just let me know, I I don't think I love you any longer. Hmm. Wow. And we had a newborn. We um, we were only five years in, and I thought, what do I do with this? And it took um, a long time before God really brought me to a place of brokenness and recognition of my own sin. I kept pointing my finger at him. He kept pointing his finger at me, and uh, as the further we went, it was about 15 years of marriage misery. It, it, it was really hard until graciously God actually used the Word to open my eyes to come to the place that I needed to recognize it is not Leroy's heart that I need to be working on. It's my heart. Yeah. I think there's so many marriages who are struggling silently and privately, Uh but aren't being honest about where they are. And for 15 years, that's a long season of... Yes. Yes. And and praise God that he did bring you out of it. But for someone who might be in it right now, specifically with bitterness, how did... 15 years, that's a a long time to... um, sow a seed of bitterness if that happened. So how do you guard against that when you're, as you're dealing, trying to just live day to day, how do you guard against yeah. becoming bitter? Well, and, and well, and Troya, you know, I'll just say that it doesn't have to take that long. Right. Anyone listening right now that's there, it does not have to take that long. And part of it was what you said, suffering silently because he was the pastor who do you talk to about mm. your pain? Who do you tell, I can't stand him? You know, I love him as my pastor, but not as my husband. 
And, and, and it was really that we had both brought into the marriage, like so many people do, our own selfishness, our own bent to doing things our own way, our own cultures from our different backgrounds, and our backgrounds are very different. And so we try and relate to one another in that way, and we haven't yet um, been walking with Christ in a level of maturity yet to be able to, we're not sanctified. And and so instead of giving graciously to one another and forgiving one another, you start holding up that bitterness and resentment. And it would have helped so much, Trillia, if early on I had had truth speakers in my life. Yes. Because once you start, you turn to someone and if, being a pastor's wife, it did not need to be anyone in my church. It became peers that I reached out to, that fellow um, pastor's wife or a, a woman that was older than me and wise, but not within my own church, and just shared I was struggling. <laughs> and one of those friends, Trillia, um, it's a mutual friend of yours and mine, but I won't mention her name sure. here, but... She looked at me and she said, you know, I think you may intimidate Leroy. And I remember I just wanted to go right, but because I respected her, I didn't react that way. But I thought, that is ridiculous. Hmm. And yet, as God began breaking me, and to the point that I had to come to Leroy and ask his forgiveness, I, I mean, it's it's a long sob story that I won't go into, but how God brought me to that point. He really used Titus 2, verse 5. You know, there's that little section in Titus that we call the biblical womanhood handbook, kind of, Titus 2, 3 through 5. And and in that passage, it talks about um, we are to love our husbands, our children, all of that. There's this list of being kind, all of the things we're to do, teach good things, And then at the end of that, in verse 5, it has this little clause that the Holy Spirit used to penetrate my heart. We are to love our husbands, Trillia, so that the Word of God will not be blasphemed. Blasphemed is what the King James Version says, and then other versions render it you know, reviled, reviled yeah. or really yeah. basically that the Word of God will not be mocked or seen as to be of no effect. And when I read that, it so convicted me, and I, I had to go to Leroy and, and ask his forgiveness for years of treating him with disrespect, of having bitterness toward him and resentment, and just living in a... 10-year pity party, because it was really from that five-year point when he told me he didn't love me till about 15 years into our marriage. So it was more of 10 years of misery, 12 years maybe, but um, it was a long season. That is, And so I had to go and ask his forgiveness, and then I asked my children's forgiveness, who were young at the time, because I had not set example before them of what a person transformed by the gospel is to look like in their relationship, specifically with my husband, with their dad. Sure. This is something, again, that I think a lot of people are probably struggling with. People have a hard time, especially in our social media age where everything looks lovely and awesome, to say, 
This is not easy. This is marriage is no. not easy. This is hard. And so why do you think it is important for the church to consider this? And specifically, yeah. I'm thinking this kind of hidden, it's a hidden sin, really, and hidden uh, relational troubles and and hidden pain in marriage specifically. Why do you, why is this important for the church? Well, it's important for the church because the church needs to impact the culture. And if we want the culture to see the reality of God, to see the power of the gospel at work, <laughs> they need to see it begin there in the home. Our children, if we're telling them that the Word of God is true and is able to bring transformation, and yet they don't see it between their mom and dad, that's that's why we have children that are not trusting in the reality of this Savior. They are not seeing Him in their home and doing anything in the relationship between their parents. And that's the, the tragedy of the church today. And so, Trillia, I think it is so important, especially as older women, which I'm now in that category, I can't believe it, but <laughs> to come alongside young women in, in the church, life to life, to say, hey, come hang out with us, which an older couple did do that with us in our first year of marriage in our church, and I'm so grateful and thankful for that. Um, I wish we hadn't left to go off to finish some more schooling, and could have they could have stuck with us a few years longer. We might have been in better shape five years down the road, but that kind of thing needs to happen. One, one thing, Trillia, I do with young women in our church is they're preparing to get married. Back years ago, um, when when my dad was sick for 10 years with cancer before he passed, the last four years, it, it went to his brain. And my mom, I mean, she had to change his diapers. He was in a bed in the living room. It was, she bathed him. She cared for him like a child. And I would take them to my mom's house and talk about how, you know, when you walk down the wedding aisle, you are looking at this strong, handsome young man, and you're just thinking of this is going to be a great 50-year date. But this is the reality that marriage can be hard, harder than what you're now thinking, and true love lays down its life for the other. And this is an example of how my mom is laying down her life in her commitment to my dad, that, that sacred marriage commitment. And things like that need to be talked about, need to be seen, but also the joy of marriage. Yes. Because we share with couples that we have now been experiencing for 20 years, you know, two decades or more, the sweetest, most deepest unity, more than we could have ever imagined. And, and now, Trillia, We've gone into a season two that our church is watching us, and I, I don't know whether you're aware, but in in August, uh, Leroy was hospitalized for almost three weeks, mm. and he lost his ability to walk. Oh, wow. I he has no a idea. very serious illness right now. And so my time with my husband looks much different than it did a year ago, six months ago. I am caring for him. As as he's now an invalid, hmm. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I had I did not know that, and 
And I'm so glad that the Lord brought you through that season to now a healthy marriage where you can care and love for each other. And um, yeah, and we will be praying. We'll pray for Leroy's health and that he could be renewed and for the Lord's will to be done in him and he would be glorified. So for the person who's listening, who is in the midst of the battle, what Mm -hmm. and and who might listen and think that their marriage, the success of their marriage hinges on their own strength and (laughs) yeah. And yeah. And they 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 look and they think, oh no, all of our kids' future is based on whether how we do. So I think sometimes mm. people can put a lot that pressure on them. I, what is some gospel hope for <laughs> for this? <laughs> There's a lot of gospel hope out there. And let me just say, you know, if if you have already messed up and you're listening and you say, well, I'm divorced or I've ruined my marriage or it's it's totally hopeless, it is never totally hopeless. And and God, thankfully, He is much bigger than our mess ups, and and what He is able to do in bringing redemption has amazed me through the years. Um, there is hope, and it is not dependent on ourselves. If we're trying to do it ourselves, we're operating in pride, and we will not receive the grace of God functioning in our lives when we're when we're trying to perform right ourselves. And it and it's simply crying out to God, confessing, I need your help. I cannot do this. And Trey, I cannot tell you how many times after that point of brokenness that it became just a regular cry of my heart. I call it the stop, drop, and pray principle. Sure. Where I know I want to unload on my husband or I want to vent or I want to go to a pity party. And at that point to just drop either physically to my knees or in my heart to just stop and say, oh, God, I need your help right now. I I just confess I'm really angry about this. I do not like how he spoke to me or I do not like uh, the direction he's going. Uh, I need your help. And and show you one more thing that I think I would be remiss if I did not mention this is that so many women, when I do speak, to them about their marriage situation or in conferences, they'll they'll come up to me later and they'll say, well, you know, I, I'm just really struggling because of my husband's porn addiction or, or some other major sin like that, but, you know, I'm just trying to be submissive and love him through it. Let me just say that true love <laughs> is coming alongside your brother as Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says, and also Matthew 18 lays out the really the, the, the principle and the direction for and the instructions for coming alongside a brother that's caught in sin. Mm-hmm. So if, that's if right now that's your good. marriage is at a hopeless brink because your husband, he's, he's addicted to drugs or porn or other illegal activity, or he's just being verbally abusive to you or physically abusive, you are not to remain in that situation. And there is recourse for you to go to um, spiritual leadership in your church and just say, hey, I need your help here. To first go to your husband and say, I love you so much. I care for your soul. 
can can I come alongside you and let's battle this together? Let's let's call in help and accountability partners. And and so scripture gives you recourse if you're in that dark place. But I just want to say, Trillia, there is so much reason for hope. And we we are an example of that. I, I encourage couples to pull up our YouTube video. It's called Kim's Marriage Miracle, but it's not mine. I don't sure. claim for that. But that's someone else titled it that. But uh, you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on my website, KimberlyWagner.org. But for couples to sit down and watch that together, because it's Leroy and I describing how God worked in our marriage. And it's a, a, a short, you know, video, but with us just giving out hope for couples that are at that hopeless place. Hmm. I'm so glad that you addressed when we need to call in help and when we need to enlist the church leadership counselor, anyone outside. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. That's incredibly important. And I know that there are listeners who would be in that um, situation. So thank you for that. And I just want to also thank you for that, the hope that we have in the gospel and reminding us of that, that no one is without or outside of the reach of God and his grace and his goodness to us. And so we have to wrap up. I I always, I'm always like 20 minutes is just not enough time, but Kimberly, this has been really helpful and um, incredibly encouraging. And I hope that people will go to your website, KimberlyWagner.org, and learn more about your resources and look at your video and uh, glean from you as we have in these short 20 minutes. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Trillia. Well, you have been listening to the ERLC podcast, and I'm Trillia Newbell. Stay tuned for the next few weeks as we continue this short series. Mm-hmm.